Hi, it's great to be able to connect with you today. Here at New Life, we've been focusing on health matters for the year. Well-being, health matters has been a theme. By the beginning of the year, we shared a significant, important text for us for this year from 3 John, verse 2. It says, Dear friends or beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. And we've been focusing at different aspects of health during the year. We've got a focus just now on spiritual health and we've looked at different aspects of David's life recently. Last week, Pastor Colomot shared from, about Paul from Galatians chapter 1 and today I want to just share something from David's son, a, a part of David's son's story, Solomon. It's our daily readings that we're doing just now in First Kings, and this is today's reading, First Kings chapter 3. But the background is that David had died. There's a bit of political infighting about who's going to be the next king. David's other son, the oldest one left, Adonijah, he thought he should be king, and there's a bit of to and fro but eventually David's choice, God's choice, Solomon is made king. He's crowned and he deals with those who have acted against him, and he's now established as king. And we read in chapter 2 yesterday, the kingdom was now firmly in Solomon's grip. And then we come on to 1 Kings chapter 3. I'm reading from New Living Translation. We read Solomon made an alliance with Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, and married one of his daughters. He brought her to live in the city of David until he could finish building his palace and the temple of the Lord and the wall around the city. At that time, the people of Israel sacrificed their offerings at, a local, at local places of worship, for a temple honoring the name of the Lord had not yet been built. Solomon loved the Lord and followed all the decrees of his father David, except that Solomon too offered sacrifices and burnt incense at the local places of worship. The most important of these places of worship was at Gibeon. So the king went there and sacrificed 1,000 burnt offerings. That night the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream, and God said, What do you want? Ask, and I will give it to you. Solomon replied, you showed great faith and faithful love to your servant, my father David, because he was honest and true and faithful to you. And you have continued to show this great and faithful love to him today by giving him a son to sit on his throne. Now, O Lord, my God, you have made me king instead of my father David, but I am like a little child who doesn't know his way around. And here I am in the midst of your own chosen people, a nation so great and numerous they cannot be counted. Give me an understanding heart so that I can govern your people well and know the difference between right and wrong. For who by himself is able to govern this great people of yours? The Lord was pleased that Solomon had asked for wisdom. So God replied, because you have asked for wisdom in governing my people with justice and have not asked for a long life or wealth or the death of your enemies, I will give you what you ask for. I will give you a wise and understanding heart such as no one else has had or ever will have. And I will also give you what you did not ask for, 
riches and fame. No other king in all the world will be compared to you for the rest of your life. And if you follow me and obey my decrees and my commands as your father David did, I will give you a long life. Then Solomon woke up and realized it had been a dream. He returned to Jerusalem and stood before the Ark of the Lord's Covenant, where he sacrificed burnt offerings and peace offerings. Then he invited all his officials to a great banquet. Solomon has just become king. And three lessons to learn from Solomon right at the outset of his kingship, call it ministry, a purpose-fulfilling goals in life, where he's at just now. And the first one he made healthy choice was to do with an alliance. He had a healthy alliance. We read that Solomon made an alliance with Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, and married one of his daughters. And all of us need to make choices which are good as far as our connections with people are concerned. And he made an alliance with Pharaoh. And the reality is it wasn't just to get a spouse out of the relationship. I'm sure there are many fathers who have wondered why these young men want to become friends with them in life. Some will think, oh, that's really nice that they want to become friends of me. Others will recognize it's not me you're really after, it's my daughter, so you're making, becoming friends with me. But that's just a side issue. Solomon didn't make an alliance with Pharaoh just to get a wife. He made a purposeful alliance. Reality is we can all make choices which are healthy or unhealthy with the connections we make, with friends that we make, pals that we have, things that we do with people. But this is more than just being friends or pals. This is alliance, and alliance is for a purpose. Alliances have to be purposeful. A dictionary will say this about alliance. That people who have agreed to work together because of shared interests or aims. An agreement to work with someone else to try to achieve the same thing. Or an association to further the common interests of the members. Every one of us need healthy alliances in our world. People we can work together with to achieve the purposes, the goals, the desires, and the dreams that we have. Ecclesiastes 4 and 9 says this, two people are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. Another translation says this, together they can work more effectively. Synergy is a God idea, and it means the combined power of a group of things or people when they are working together, that is greater than the total power achieved by each working separately. I.e., when you work together purposefully and meaningfully, you can achieve far more together than you would on your own or the some parts of the two working on their own. We need people in our life just to encourage us, just to build us up, just to be friends with. That's true. But if we want to achieve our purposes and dreams and goals and God-given dreams and ideas, we need people we can work with more than just a friendship basis, but an alliance, a purposeful alliance which helps us achieve God-given dreams that we have. Solomon made an alliance with Pharaoh. And the reality is it wasn't a real natural alliance. It wasn't this is, let's be 
BFFs. Let's be best friends forever. Let's be our best pals. Let's go in for coffee every week or every day of life. No, this was a purposeful alliance. We often, we just group together and get together with people we like. And we need people like that to encourage us. But if we want to fulfill all our dreams, I want to encourage you that we need to form alliances which are not necessarily natural to us. This was to protect themselves against a greater power from Assyria, really. It wasn't quite the enemy of my enemy is a my the enemy of my enemy is a friend. It wasn't quite like that, but there was an alliance here for a mutual purpose, even though it wasn't a natural thing. You know, if I look at Jesus and the twelve disciples that he chose, they weren't naturally kind of pals, or best mates, they're different personalities, different types of interests, but they worked together in synergy for a greater cause and a greater kingdom. And this morning, for healthy relationships, for healthy alliances, we need to ask ourselves, where are my alliances at? We need to align with people with same purposes and goals and people who can help us achieve our goals. Sometimes we need to ditch some of the alliances that we have. But this morning... Solomon made a healthy choice by making a healthy alliance with someone who could achieve a purpose in his life. Maybe today you need to examine your alliances. Who is helping you? Maybe you've got loads of friends, but we need people in our life who bring purpose and help us to be purposeful in achieving all that we desire. He also showed a healthy attitude. His second healthy choice from Solomon was an attitude and it was an attitude of worship. We hear, or we read that Solomon loved the Lord, and he went to a place, or to the local place of worship. Now, in the context here, where he went, commentators have got a bit of disagreement over this. There were some of these high places, these places of worship, which were not, which were not part of the law, the legalistic structure in Israel, and were banned as places of worship. Some disagree and say that it was actually a, an okay place because some of these places were all right. But the reality is God looked at his heart and God accepted the worship of Solomon because he had a desire and an attitude which was right. in an attitude to worship in an attitude to go to the local place of worship. He wanted to connect with the local church. He wanted to connect with local places of worship. And he wanted to desire, a desire to worship God, but in a place where people came together to worship God. See, the temple had not really been built. The temple which would become the place of worship was not really built yet. It was an imperfect setting that Solomon was in. But there was something in him which still desired to meet and to worship God. He had a desire to worship God no matter what was imperfect around him. Even though it was not as perfect, it was not what it was going to be. Solomon says, I don't want to wait until everything is perfect and everything is right before I worship God. I'm not going to wait until the temple is rebuilt. I can't wait till that day happens. But in the meantime, I'm going to worship God. You can put your own slant on this. I'll wait till COVID is over is the biggie. 
But there was something in Solomon says, it's imperfect, the temple's not built, but I'm still going to, in an imperfect world, still going to come and do what I can to worship. You might have a more personal issue. Well, I'll wait until God answers this prayer. I'll wait until I feel a bit better. I'll wait until my problem in the family is resolved. But Solomon had an attitude. In the meanwhile, though things are not perfect, though things are not as they should be, I'm still going to do what I can to worship God where and when I can because he deserves my worship. He deserves to be worshipped. Psalm 29 and 2 says, Honour the Lord for the glory of his name. Worship the Lord in the splendour of his holiness. Solomon had a desire to worship in an imperfect world when things weren't quite what they were going to be, but they were not what Solomon wanted either. But he said, you know what? Even though it's not perfect, I'm still going to worship God. I'm going to go and I'm going to worship together and I'm going to worship God. We must worship God. And when Jesus was getting tempted by the devil and the devil wanted Jesus to worship him, Jesus said this. This is what the scripture says. You must worship the Lord your God and serve only him. And we emphasize that in the Lord God, but you must worship the Lord God. But you can put an emphasis on the must as well, because you must worship the Lord God. God created us to worship him. And we must, we must worship him. But you know what? It's not a hardship. It's a joy to worship God. When you think of who he is and what he's it's a joy to worship God. So Solomon made healthy alliances. He had a healthy attitude of worship, even though things were imperfect. But he also gave a healthy answer to a question he was asked. After going to that place of worship, after giving his worship, his offering, his thanksgiving, his praise, we read that that night the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream. Just as an aside here, sometimes you maybe come to church, maybe you go to a church service, maybe watch online, maybe you go to a conference and you see other people really being blessed or really meeting and connecting with God and you don't really get it or you don't feel the same. You know, Solomon, it was after he went and done his worship later that night, God met with him. You know, I've been in meetings before, I put my hands up, where I've been in meetings and other people are getting blessed and I'm not. And you think, even them, even him, even her, seems to get blessed and ministered by God. But so when I change my heart and my attitude, what's happened later on, God has met with me. And sometimes as long as we keep doing what we should be doing and honoring him, it might not be in the meeting, but later on, for me in our own time, God can meet with us because we've already prepared our hearts and we've already connected with him. He's prepared for his time. In the back of Solomon's worship, in the back of his giving to God, God appears and he asks, what do you want? Ask and I will give it to you. Let's just pause for a moment there. God Almighty comes to Solomon and says this, what do you want? Ask and I will give it to you. Wow. Now just for a moment, just think God is speaking to you, not Solomon. What do you want? Ask and I will give it to you. 
What is your response? Maybe that's why he's not coming and asking you because of what your response was there. See, Solomon's response was maybe different from the way I would have responded at that time. Maybe it was Solomon's response. I'm sure it was Solomon's response which triggered what happened next. Coming from a heart of God-focused worship, healthy attitude. He was taking delight in the Lord. And we know what Psalm says in 37 verse 4, when you take delight in God, he gives you the desires of your heart. Not because it's our selfish desire, but when we are delighting in worshiping, praising and walking with him, our hearts are changed and he puts his desires within our heart. Solomon's answer was along these lines, a bit amplified, but you'll get the message. I'm so blessed, so privileged with what you've done for me, the calling you've put in my life. I feel amazingly overwhelmed at your goodness and I'm also overwhelmed by what I have to do. I can't do this on my own, even with good alliances. I need some help from you. I've got some abilities, but I need a wisdom, an understanding, and a discernment which goes beyond where I'm at. One version says this, please make me wise and teach me the difference between right and wrong. Then I will know how to rule your people. If you don't, there's no way that I could rule this great nation of ours. That's a heart of many pastors, I'm sure, when they felt a call of God on their life. What an awesome privilege, and I can put my hands up. What an awful, awful, an awful, what an awesome privilege it is. Don't think it's awful. It's not. It's a joy. It really is. But there's part of you that thinks, wow, I can't do this. And let me tell you, that's a healthy place to be in. That's a healthy place to be in, which says it's awesome. It's a joy. It's a privilege. But you know what? I need you to come and help me. And you can put your own slant on that. It doesn't need to be pastors or church leaders. For your goals, your purposes, your dreams, there should be something in every one of us. There should be dreams and purposes and goals within us that say, you know what? These are so big that I can't do this unless, God, you come and help me. Unless you come. If you've got purposes and dreams and goals that you can achieve easily. I want to tell you, they're not big enough for a God who's greater and bigger than anything that we could understand or imagine. And today, we need to come to God like Solomon says and say, I need you to come and give me wisdom, understanding, whatever you need for your situation. Solomon, he made healthy alliances, he had a healthy attitude of worship, but he gave healthy answer to God's question, what do you want from me, Solomon? What is it I can give you? The Lord was pleased that Solomon had asked for wisdom. So God replied, because you responded like this, I will act like this. No, if we're honest, a lot of our prayer time is, God, you come and do this, come and do that, come and do that, come and give me this, come and give me that, come and do this. And sometimes I think God's just thinking, I'm waiting in you, doing what you should do. And when you do what you should do, then I'll do what I can do. God said to Solomon, because you, I will. 
And what is incredible about this is that Solomon had a one because God had four I wills. And whatever God asks of us, he'll more than add to from his perspective. Because you ask right, I will. I will give you wisdom. He says, I will give you fame. I will give you riches. And if you walk with me, I will give you long life. I will give you what you asked for. And I will also give you what you didn't ask for. Because it was a healthy response when I asked you, what do you want? It wasn't for your own selfish little world. It was to build my kingdom. It was to help others. It was to see my name glorified. It was to honor me. And if you live to honor God, if you seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, the Bible says that all these things that you desired and maybe you responded to a little while ago will be added to you, providing you honor him, providing your answer is, God, it's you first, and I need your help. I need you to give to me. And then when God spoke to him in a the dream, then Solomon woke up, and he realized it was a dream. It wasn't a fantasy dream. It was a God-given dream, and God really spoke to him. And many stories in the Bible are about God appearing in dreams and speaking to people. If that had been me, I'd have been going and telling the world. I'd have been going and saying, wow, you need to hear this. God TV, get me on. Where's the conferences? I need to tell people this. But you know what Solomon did? He says, he went to sacrifice and worship and thank God. That's a healthy attitude. That's the lesson we learn from Solomon. Just at the outset, of fulfilling purpose, goals, wisdom. He recognized that he needed some healthy alliances. I want to ask you this morning to examine the alliances that you've got. Who have you got that you are working or who's in your life that's helping you achieve your purpose, your God-given purposes and dreams and goals for life? We all need friends, but we need more than friends. We need people who are alliances people we've made an alliance, people we connect with for purpose. Not just for friendship, but for purpose. Maybe today you need to look at people in your world and just get a connection with them, which is not just for a tea or a coffee, but say, let's work together to see the purposes of God in our lives come to pass. We need an attitude, desire to worship no matter the circumstance. It's imperfect. It's not right yet. Things aren't the way we want them to be. But I'm not going to wait until things are right and perfect. I'm going to bring my worship to God in the now. In the meantime, while things are a mess in my life and in my world, I'm still going to come and worship God. And lastly, I really believe I'm going to ask that question again. But this time, let's take a few moments and examine our hearts and come before God. And he's saying to you, as he would say to Solomon, what is it you want from me? Ask, and I'll give you it. If we've got a right heart, a right attitude, and a right motive, which wants to bring honor to him, 
I believe God wants to come and answer that response that you give right now. Sean and Gary are going to come up and lead us in a song in a moment or two. But I really do believe that God is asking us the question that he asked Solomon today. Solomon, ask me, what is it you want me to do for you? And God's response will be determined by our response. Because you, I will. Because you asked something which was honoring me, something which is fulfilling my purpose, building my kingdom, honoring and glorifying my name, I will. Let's just take a moment and just examine our hearts. Father, I pray for those who need just to get some alliances, some connections to help them fulfill their purposes. Lord, I pray, Lord, that we'll look at these connections out with the natural eyes and maybe you'll just put people in our life, in our world. Lord, I pray, Lord, that you'll put people in our hearts and our minds that we need to go and speak to, to work together to achieve greater than we can on our own that we can achieve things for the glory of God and I pray Lord that we'll have the courage to connect with people that we wouldn't naturally connect with Lord I pray you'll give us the courage to break some alliances which are hindering us and fulfilling the purposes not in a nasty or in a bad sense but just having to change and make new alliances Father, I pray every one of us will have a heart to worship you no matter what's going on in our world. But today, Lord, as we come, we open our hearts to you. And we pray that as you ask us this question, what is it you want me to do for you? That our response will trigger from you because you, I will. Thank you, you're a God who does so much more than we can even ask or think or imagine. And today as we respond from a heart which is wanting to honour and glorify you and do what you want us to do, I pray that you will pour in more than the response to prayers, but you will do so much more. You will lavish your grace, your favour, your strength, your power, your provision, and all that is required. And because we, we thank you that you will do what only you can do. In Jesus' name, amen.